Welcome to First Love Online Church with Nyral and O.C. Burnett. Flock is a ministry of First Love Fellowship whose mission is to win the church to Christ through unceasing prayer, intentional discipleship, and missional living. You can support the mission of First Love Fellowship by texting 918-300-4680 or by going to our website at wearefirstlove.com. Open up your Bibles and prepare your hearts as Pastor Nara shares on the Manifest Presence of God, Part 2. Thank the Lord for another Sunday morning at First Love Online Church. Hallelujah. Let's pray before we begin, and then we're going to dive right into the Word of God. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, that you are indeed faithful. Your Word says that your name is called Faithful and True. And so, Lord, we just, we just come before your presence, Lord, thanking you for your faithfulness. Thank you, Lord, that in a world full of lies, in a world full of deception and falsehood, that you alone are true that you are the truth, Lord. And so we glorify you, we honor you, we lift you up, oh God. When there's no one else to run to, Lord, you are the only one. Lord, there is no other savior. There is no other one who is fighting for us, but God is fighting for us. What then shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not freely with him give us all things? You give us the victory. You give us healing. You give us restoration. You restore our souls. And so, Lord, we bless you and we honor you. This Sunday morning, Lord, while so many things are happening in the world, while so many factions are rising up one against each other all over the globe right now, I pray in Jesus' name that you transform us into a church, Lord, that truly brings glory to you with signs and wonders following, with the move of the Holy Spirit flowing through us. That, Lord, should, should there be another Pentecost ever again on this earth, this would be the day for it. I pray in Jesus' name, O oh God, that, that your spirit move in a mighty way in these days because the creation groans right now, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. I pray in Jesus' name, O oh God, by your Holy Spirit, that we do indeed do just that. And by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that we shine in this lost and dark world as sons of God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, happy Sunday. Welcome to First Love Online Church. I, I'm so glad that we're able to, to come together at this time and, and dive into the Word of God. And really some, some major things that, that I believe we're, we're dealing with in our world today that we, we cannot ignore any longer. You know, there's something that I posted up on One Body this past week. Like, don't boast at the fact that, you don't, that you've not watched the news in ages. Right. Don't boast about the fact that you don't know what's going on in the world. Right now is the time that you really need to know what's happening in the world. It's, it's an important thing because there are things going down right now that it's like God. God needs his prophets to, in his day. 
God needs his, his, his prophets and his evangelists and his pastors and teachers and apostles to rise up. Um, you know, the, all the factions of the world look like, look, look like they're rising up. And, and it would be, be wonderful if the church of Jesus Christ could also rise up, but in a different way. See, I, I, I see what's going on like in Texas, right? And everybody's getting ready to pull out their their uh, uh, their, their guns and their AR-15s, and and they're they're ready to, to get into it. You know, they're getting literally excited about the idea of war, right? There, there's nothing exciting about the prospect of war. There is nothing exciting about the prospect of conflict. In fact, as the Church of Jesus Christ, the Scripture tells us we wrestle not against flesh and blood. I am not going to shoot you for America. No, not going to do it. That's not, that's not a cause where we would ever point a firearm at someone. We're not here to wrestle against flesh and blood, but we are here to wrestle. But it's against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places and the rulers of the darkness of this age. So there is a spiritual battle that the church is called, called to fight, that we must fight, that we must engage in. It's just unfortunate that right now um, a, a lot of people are, are more prepared to pull out their their shotguns and their semi-automatic rifles and and they're 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 giving all this talk and all this all this saber rattling when in reality we ought to be getting our spiritual prepping together. We ought to be getting ready in the spirit. Like the God answers a dark world by a move of his Holy Spirit. And so we're going to talk about some of that today. Uh, so so prior to uh, I think the last time I did online church, we were talking about the manifest presence of God. So I'm going to spend a part of this morning just kind of reviewing what we were talking about, and then we're going to go forward from there. So John chapter 14, verse 21. John 14, 21 says this. It says, He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Now, that's a huge promise. That's almost a, uh, I mean, when it comes to, uh, like David said, like, I will fear no evil for you are with me, right? Like when it comes to a limitless, pro limitless promise, I can only imagine this is limitless. Like imagine Jesus is with you. Like no matter how dark the world gets, Jesus is with you. Now, we understand that God is omnipresent, but that's not what I'm talking about here. This is really something more than that. Because we know D David said it. He said, if I ascend into heaven, you're there. If I make my bed, you're, you're there. If I take upon myself the wings of the morning and dwell to the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your right hand shall guide me. Right? So, so God is indeed everywhere. But in this particular verse, it's speaking to something a bit different because it's showing how God makes himself known to you. Like he makes himself seen to you. And that's different from being omnipresent. It really means like present to you in particular. He says, I will love him and manifest myself to him. Now, Judas said to him, that's not Judas Iscariot. Judas said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? So see, there you have it again. God is omnipresent. However, he says here that Judas says you will manifest yourself to us and not to to the world, which means then that even though God is omnipresent, he is not manifesting himself to everyone. 
only certain ones receive this manifestation of Jesus Christ. And Judas makes it clear. It is to us, his disciples, and not to the world. So Jesus answered him and said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. So he, he, he repeats what he says in the beginning, right? Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. So he says it again. If you love me, you will, you, you know, you're going you're gonna to keep my word. And my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. So there it is again. There, it's like God is choosing to manifest himself to those who love him. Now, this is important because the, the commandments of God boil down to loving the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength and loving your neighbor as yourself. Like so, so it begins there. Like everything we do as far as obeying the commandments of Jesus are rooted and grounded in love. Okay, it's not it's not rooted and grounded in faith. It's not rooted and grounded in, in hope. It's not rooted and grounded in obedience. It is all rooted in love. In fact, the world's religions, if you think about it, the religions of the world, they are rooted and grounded. If you're going to follow and obey the command of that God, they are rooted and grounded, not in love, but in obedience. So you are being told to obey this God. And that's why you have to even watch out for the kind of Christianity that focuses just on obey, 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 because God doesn't say that. He says love, love, love. Like that is the root of your relationship with God. He that loves not does not know God because the scripture says God is love. And so he goes on and says, whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the words that you hear, the word that you hear is not mine, but the father's who sent me. Now, this this whole idea of walking in obedience to God, though, and then that's loving obedience, loving submission. It seems as though God hides himself behind the veil of sanctification and chooses to reveal himself to those who have purified their hearts. The manifestation of God is not something that's attainable to the world, but only to those who obey him, only his own. And this is where I want to go when it comes to uh, uh, what we're what we're talking about today, because we're going to talk about some some events going on right now in the world. Like it's only what's today's date? January 28th. Like it's like the whole world turned upside down in one month. I mean, I know people were saying like, you know, we, we were saying earlier this year, I think just during the Christmas holiday season, like in 2024, like be prepared for anything. And here we are now with all types of things going on. Right. Um, so so when you look at the events of the world and there are quite a few, you have to admit that like last year we started, we saw the Russia Ukraine war begin. And, you know, no one likes the prospect of war, I hope. If you're a believer, I hope you don't get excited about when war happens. But the Russia-Ukraine war began. And then, um, like, all of a sudden, on October 7th of last year, you had the Israel um, attack on Israel on October 7th. And so the Israel war, the, the, the war in Gaza, began, like, almost immediately after that happened. And so uh, you, you, look in, you look at, like, the things happening in Israel— the things happening in Russia, and then you've got in, in Western Europe, Germany, Italy, France, Sweden, Britain, Greece, there are revolts happening all over the place, right? Farmers' revolts, and we have revolts of anti-Islam uprisings and, and pro-Hamas uprising, and, and, and these things are happening as we speak. 
where people are gathering together, entire uh, convoys of farmers and, and, and different ones that are dumping excrement on state capitals right now, rioting in the streets, people fighting, people you know taking up arms, and all this is happening on our watch right now. Um, right now, Boko Haram in, in Nigeria, uh, 10,000 plus are dead. Then you've got the, the wars that are happening in Somalia and Sudan, where, you know, many people would say they're wars. They're really slaughters. Christians are being persecuted to this day in Somalia and Sudan, uh, northern and southern Sudan. It's, it's, it's currently happening. Uh, and, you know, then, then you've got Davos that happened, what, this past this past week. And that's the World Economic Forum meeting. Uh, I found it amazing. Outside of the fact that they were talking about some really weird depopulation agenda related things, like depopulation simply means that more people need to die or be removed. That, that makes me uncomfortable uh, because they also talked about this whole disease X thing. And the last time they talked about a disease X type thing, the very next year COVID came out. And so the, the World Economic Forum met together and they had this big pagan ceremony where this, this indigenous woman from South America came and, and she did her whole spiel and, and then she began blowing in the faces of each of the people on the stage and she like blessed the whole, the whole event. Now they, they look at this as like uh, environmental justice and the, the, the pure and natural lives that are lived by indigenous people. Um, but really in, re in reality, this was a, a pagan ceremony. And it's, it's unfortunate, uh, but that's another thing that happened this month. A another thing, like at the beginning of the month, I think it was January the 4th, the Epstein list came out, where all these people, th it was made clear that certain people like Bill Clinton were clearly clients of, of Epstein on his island, but all of a sudden now, it it's already yesterday's news. It's already old news. Like it's, it's like people don't really even care like that a former president uh, is perhaps a, a child molester. And it's yesterday's news or so many talking heads get into it that it turns into a controversy and not something that we need to take very seriously. Like the church needs to take this seriously. This is something we need to pray about. We need to consider. Now, the problem is that I think a lot of the churches have lost credibility because of our own shares of scandals that are currently happening. Right. Um, you know, I think uh, the year before last Back in 2022, we, we put out the whole National Baptist list of 300 pages worth of, worth of people who were uh, known child molesters inside the church who had been charged, and the National Baptist Association covered them up. Like, they, they finally released it, but they had covered this up for years. All right, so the, the Epstein list came out. The Twitter files came out. Now, most of us don't even remember what the Twitter files were, but it was such a, a, an awaited matter. Like people wanted to see what these were just months ago. And, and it, this, this was about the COVID censorship that they were doing online. Like you couldn't say um, you couldn't say hydroxychloroquine online because you get censored. You couldn't say ivermectin because you get censored. If you said anything about COVID that did not go with the World uh, uh, Health Organization's narrative or the National Institutes of Health narrative, then you were being canceled off of the Internet. Let's not forget that the retail stores that we go to today were just a few months ago being used as agents of government to make sure that you were wearing your mask. And then later on, they came out and said the masks don't really prevent COVID. So it was a false sense of hope that everybody was getting. Like, listen, your knit mask was not was never meant to protect you from a, an infectious disease. 
But the Twitter files were all about that. So COVID censorship, also January 6th censorship. That's what the Twitter files were about. And people were exposed. Remember, January 6th also, uh, the, the, the footage actually was released. It's out there right now online uh, on the U.S. government website. You can go through the footage and see that no insurrection ever happened. They were literally being waved inside the Capitol building and people were taking selfies with their phones. Yes, there were some bad actors also mixed into the crowd who were a part of our government who were inciting the riot and causing people to, to, to respond to their violence. This is all footage that's on camera. It's, it's right there in front of you if you dare to look and, and, and not just listen to the media. I had a professor in, when I was in undergrad, and he used to, whenever anyone mentioned anything that they saw on the news, he would just get all worked up, and he'd jump up and go up to the board and write the words across the top, don't listen to the media, like he was an economics professor. And, and he, boy, he was really all over this thing, like, do not listen to the media. Because you get someone like CNN, that's liberal propaganda. That's left-wing propaganda. But then you get someone like Fox News, and that is conservative right-wing propaganda. And so everybody seems to want to, instead of report the news, they want to influence what you believe. It's like the whole world has become an evangelist with respect to their own point of view. And so they want you to, they, they want to determine how you see the other side. They want to determine how you see the other side. And so as a result, America is divided into factions. And they're just too neat for me to believe that somehow or another people's minds aren't being influenced by powers that are literally controlling how you think. So the Twitter files, anyway, literally expose all those things. It's yesterday's news, though, right? Like no one cares about it because the media is telling you to move on. The media is telling you move on from Epstein. Don't talk about it. Don't think about it anymore. The media is telling you don't think about COVID censorship anymore. It's over. It's done. Just worry about the next new thing. So, yes, let's 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 focus on Texas and a border and the immigrants. And we're going to we're going to fight for America. Listen, that is demonic. We're not fighting for anything. If you're the church, we don't wrestle with flesh and blood. It is a demonic uprising. Do not fall for the tricks. Listen, there, you know, I was telling someone this morning, there is this demonic thing that's happening right now that's causing factions to happen, like armed factions, people who are wanting to physically fight. This is demonic. This is, the, this is not a Christian thing, and it's not patriotism. The Bible says, speaking of patriotism, the Bible says in 1 Peter, we are a royal priesthood. We are a peculiar people, a chosen generation, a holy nation. That's important to understand that we as the body of Christ all over the world are one nation indeed under God. And that is the God of the Bible. That is not the uh, eye of Horus that's on the back of your dollar bill. We're talking about God himself, the God of the Bible. And so we have to be very careful when we get involved in these factions, when we get involved with politicians. Listen, there are politicians out there right now. I mean, I, you know, you would, when, they, when they visit churches or, or they go on the news stations and talk, or they talk to Christians, you would think that in private they are speaking in tongues and, and laid out on a floor before the Lord. 
And then you find out when you see their private conversations that they are cussing up a storm, speaking vile, disgusting things. Listen, I'm sorry. I don't care if they're liberal or conservative or whatever. If you are cussing up a storm and speaking filth, I don't need to support you. I don't care who you are. Listen, we have to be very careful not to attribute Christianity to people who don't know the Lord. Now, you're going to vote for who you're going to vote for. But I'm just telling you, vote for whoever you want. But let's not make believe they're Christians. And that includes President Trump. That includes Carrie Lake. That includes Joseph Biden. That includes whoever else is going to run on the, on the Democrat side. Let's not make Kamala Harris. Let's not make believe these people are Christian because they're quoting scripture. We are the church. We set the standard. We go forward in the holiness and love of God. We are to set that example in the world. And let's stop making these politicians somehow uh, examples of the faith that we're to walk in because it's just not it's just not true. All right. Um, crossing the border was a, um, a known Muslim terrorist who was discovered by a reporter. And he says to the reporter, I have it on film, actually, on, on, on uh, the video. And he says, you are not smart enough to know who I am, but soon you're going to know who I am. Now, that's just one person. Because the borders are indeed open and people are pouring in and no one is looking to see who the people are that are coming into this country. Now, those are just the facts on the ground. And they're not, you know, it would make sense to me if they were all Mexican or South American. Like, I'd be like, okay, we have a problem, but maybe these people are coming up from South America to, to look for a better life in, in the United States. Uh, you know, it, it's understandable in many places in South America, they're, they're terrible. But why are we seeing Chinese nationals? Why are we seeing people from mainland Africa? How did they get a plane ticket from Africa to South America? How are we getting Middle Easterners? How are they getting plane tickets from the Middle East all the way to South America to walk across the border? How are they getting plane tickets from China? Who is financing this? And no one's asking that question. Like, I would, I would really, if, if I were one of the brilliant minds that ran this country, right, I'd be asking, like, how did you get here from, you know, Saudi Arabia? How did you get here from Yemen, one of the poorest countries in the Middle East, and you got a plane ticket? And why are they so well-dressed? If they walked all up the side of South America, why are they well-dressed with backpacks and supply? Something is not right, y'all. Something is not right. All right, so I'm just letting you know, these are the things that are happening right now. While men slept, while men slept, right? It's, it's happening right now. While the church is asleep, I can guarantee you this is Sunday morning. You can go to any church in America right now, and they're preaching about anything except the things that are actually happening on the ground right now. All right, so Lil Nas X did his video on Jesus. I hope it fails, uh, but but it, 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 he did his video on Jesus. Blasphemous, horrible, terrible. I saw the video. It's not worth watching. He is a vile human being who needs to repent and give his heart to Jesus. I'm mentioning him, though, because he has a lot of influence over our young people. People actually listen to him. And so, you know, he goes and puts out a video like this. And listen, he's talking about your Jesus. And no one responds. In fact, some of the saints try to defend him. Listen, y'all, this is art. This is art. We can't, we can't judge him for that reason. He's an artist. That's just how he is. This is the same one who earlier last year did a video of himself doing a lap dance in front of Satan.
That's him. He's the one that did the Satan shoes, right, with the drop of blood in them. That, that's, that's the same person. Let's, let's not make believe this is okay. This is an antichrist spirit that's rising up in the world. Now, there was also an interview stating that there are cartels operating in all 50 states. MS-13 cartels happening. It's happening right now. All 50 states. So we have a lot that the fentanyl crisis is actually here happening right now. And then there's this weird thing where all of a sudden the governments of the world are all interested in UFO phenomenon. Now, I know Christians, we're going to say it's fake. It ain't real. That's not really happening yet. Yeah, well, you know, we have a good 60 years of personal testimony of people that are credible who are not denying what they've experienced and seen and have gone through. As the church, we have to stop saying just as a blanket, that's fake. No, it's not fake. They're dealing with something and it's something that is not uh, uh, we're not talking about spaceships from Mars. We're talking about interdimensional demonic spirits that people are confronting and, 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 and no one in the church seems to be coming forward with an answer or even or even a help. I was listening to an interview with someone who says, yeah, I go to church and they just act like I'm crazy. There's a, a, there's a whole harvest of people out there who have gone through paranormal type stuff, but they cannot find answers in the church. And so you know what they do, right? They go to the New Age movement. And the New Age movement is like, yes, they're your saviors, you know, you, you, you know, you're, they're, they're going to take care of you. And they, they tell them all kinds of crazy stuff when really they're, they're telling them to fellowship with demons because the church is telling them it's fake. In fact, you know, I, I was talking about it on, on Friday. There's a cessationist movement that's happening in a church right now where they're literally convincing the believer that God no longer does what his word says, but they have no real biblical basis for it. Like there's nothing in the Bible that says that that that, you know, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are no longer for today. But see, th this is where we are right now. Like like there's a lot of things happening in the world today that I can only attribute to supernatural activity from the kingdom of darkness. It is not an accident. It's not. And then when you come to church. The church, and I'm not just talking about, you know, Reformed Lutherans and Baptists. and No, there are charismatic Pentecostal folks who don't believe in the move of the Holy Spirit. They only believe in their expression. They only believe in the expression that they do um, when, 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 they're, when they're praying. But they don't believe in the, the actual move of the Holy Spirit. And I'll tell you what, if they did believe in it, if they did believe in it, our intercessory prayer services would be packed out now, like right now. Our prayer services, people be coming from far and near. Maybe not to ours, but you know what? Is there a prayer movement in Tulsa, Oklahoma? Is there a prayer movement in your city? Like, like where, where, the, where the, the throngs of people from different denominations are coming in to seek the Lord and pray? No. It's like we're here. We're, what Paul said, the times will come where men will not endure a sound doctrine. They will heap to themselves teachers. You see the, how he said that in the scripture? They won't endure sound doctrine, which is taught by teachers. But it says they will heap unto themselves teachers that don't teach sound doctrine. That don't that don't motivate and, and, and push the people of God to to pray and seek the Lord's face like like. They heap to themselves teachers with having itching ears, trying to figure out what they can what they can pull out of the word of God in order to 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 to, to get what they want. 
I want the American dream. I want the car. I want the house. I want the riches. I want the wealth. I want all the stuff. And I want to use the word of God to get it. And God is like, no, no, no. That's not how this works. He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. See, with all that's happening in the world right now, I, I want to express this in no uncertain terms. The answer to all the crises that exist is a spirit-filled church that is operating in the signs and wonders of God. All right, I'm going to read this to you. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 2. It says here, When I came to you, brethren, I did not come with superiority of speech or of wisdom proclaiming to you the testimony of God. For I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit and of power. Now, listen, Paul came to them saying, I brought to you more than words. In fact, the scripture tells us, I can't find it right this second, but the scripture actually tells us that the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Well, what does power look like in the church? Is it just louder preaching? Like, you know, preach the power of God. Like, like what does it look like? What, what are we doing? What does the power look like? Like, because it says we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. That's, there's something about the power. There's something that God expects the church to operate in that is not of us. It comes from a different place, and it's more than good preaching. It's actual spiritual power. It says here, in a demonstration of the spirit and the power, so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. Like, you don't have to believe what Nairul is saying. I may be a good preacher. I may be able to, to, to throw words out there like nobody's business. But in the end, we have to believe in the power of God. Like there has to be something we actually walk through. You, you know, I, I see a thing right now happening in the church where they say, well, you know, you can't go by your experience. You got to go by the word of God. And there's some truth to that. I get it. But listen, according to the word of God, you should be experiencing something. There should be an experience. There should be a, an experience with the manifest presence of Almighty God. And if there is no experience with the manifest presence of God in the church, what exactly are we doing? If we ourselves cannot find the very God we preach. He says, yet we do speak wisdom among those who are mature, a wisdom, however, that is not of this age, a wisdom that is not of the rulers of this age who are passing away. But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, which means this is not something you get from seminary. It's God's wisdom that is spoken in a mystery. Now, one thing, let me let me clarify something that doesn't mean you don't study. You dive into that word of God and you study, you rightly divide that word of God. You, you focus on it. Like the study of the scriptures for the Christian, by the way, especially in our day, the study of the scriptures ought to be what we're doing most of the time. 
Like, I don't have time to sit there and watch some empty movie. I have to study the scriptures. I have to know what God is saying because Jesus said, my words, they are spirit and they are life. Like, so we ought to be studying the scriptures and diving in all the time. But it says here, as it is written, I have not seen nor ear has heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But it says God has revealed them through his spirit. So your eyes have not seen, your ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for those who love him. Right. He that keeps my commandments. It is he that loves me. Right. Who love him. But it says, God revealed it through his spirit. Meaning there are things about God that you can know by studying the word of God that will give room for the spirit to reveal himself to you in a profound way. But listen, I'm going to tell you something. Those who have adequately studied the scriptures are going to get more. You're, if, you're, if you're in that word, if you're studying the scriptures, right, if you're studying to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that does not need to be ashamed, you're going to get more. We're talking about the manifest presence of God. Okay, so it says here in verse 12, now we have received not the spirit of the world. Remember what, what he said in, in John, what Judas said, not Iscariot? He said, how is it that you're going to manifest yourself to us? And not to the world. Well, here we go again. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. So that this is why we this is why we receive it. So that we may know the things freely given to us by God. Wait a minute. What has God given us? Which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. It says, but the natural man does not accept the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. But he who is spiritual appraises all things, yet he himself is appraised by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that we will instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Now, I want to keep on going in that train of thought, but I'm going to turn really quickly. I want to get another translation here. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Sorry, chapter 3. Here we go. All right, it says here. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual men, but as to men of flesh. As to infants in Christ, I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, for you were not able to receive it. Indeed, even now you're not able. So he, he, he says, for you are still fleshly. He's telling the Corinthian church, listen, there's some deep things I want to get into, but I can't get into it with you because you're carnal, you're fleshly. Like we said earlier, God chooses to reveal himself beyond the veil of holiness. If we just let go of our carnality, we will function as something that goes beyond what this world has to offer. Think about it. What does the church really have that the world doesn't? 
on on average. I mean, your average, you go down up the street, your local community church. What do they have that the world cannot do? They can feed the poor, but the world does too. The world feeds the poor, right? They they may you know open up a, a community center for the kids to play. Well, the world does that too. They have a playground on the grounds, like that's a really nice playground too, man. They've got that little spinning thing and a little bouncy thing and it swings. Yeah, the, the world can do that too. They have an amazing Sunday school program. Yeah, well, the world has amazing programs for kids too. It says here, since there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not fleshly? He says it again. Are you not walking like mere men? Wait, is there an expectation in scripture? You know how people say, listen, I'm only human. I'm only human. Well, actually, according to scripture, if you're a believer, God has an expectation that we be more than just only human. Like he's, he's got this expectation of us that it's like there's got to be something about the believer that is otherworldly, right? That's beyond the world. I think the problem that we have in the body of Christ is that we're too common. We're too common. We're too common with ourselves. We're too common with the word of God. We're too common with spiritual leaders. Like people who should be an example of the very thing that we're aspiring to, right? We're, we're, we're okay with it when they go and watch R-rated movies. We're okay with it when they have R&B playing on their Spotify. Oh, yeah, they're just like us. Well, no, you're a spiritual leader. You're not supposed to be just like anybody. It says in the scripture, Romans chapter 16, verse 19, be excellent at what is good, be innocent of evil. Like when it comes to what's good, be excellent. The word of God, be excellent. But when it comes to the things of this world, be a fool. Know nothing. You shouldn't know things. Uh, every, every latest rap album and every latest movie that uh, you shouldn't you shouldn't be aware of these things. Unless the reason why you know about it is so that you can cry aloud to the church and say, be separated from these abominations. But we 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 still walk as common men. See, if we're to push back to all these things going on in the world right now, we must be what we've never seen ourselves be. And the only way we're going to do that is to actually engage into the manifest presence of God. Now, as you know, like when you read Acts chapter 4, when a persecution happened, they got together and they began to pray. And they began to say, Lord, you are a God who made heaven and earth and all this in it. And he says, grant unto your servants, right, that you would give us the ability to preach the word of God with boldness and that signs and wonders and healings may be done through the name of your holy child, Jesus. They're asking, they're asking literally for signs and wonders and miracles and boldness. And that is the answer. That is the pushback. That's Acts chapter 4. I'm just going to turn there so I can, so I can refer to it a little, little bit better. So that you can, those who are taking notes can see what I'm talking about. That's Acts chapter 4, verse, yeah, verse 25. Well, let's go a bit back even further. Verse 24, all the way up to 31. And you'll see how the Holy Spirit then answered, and they began to speak the word of God with boldness, and they began doing the stuff that God told them to do. Signs, wonders, miracles, healings. See, the body of Christ was always meant to operate supernaturally. 
We're called to do more than just preach. Look, look, look okay, look at the, the, the Great Commission. Did Jesus tell us just to preach? I don't think he did. It says here, he said unto them, Go into, this is Mark chapter 15, 16, verse 15. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed and is baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. And by the way, that's baptizing them in the name of, name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, uh, some translations say. It says here, these signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name, they will cast out demons. Now, what do I do with that scripture if Jesus said to do it? Oh, well, you got to understand, there's no need for that anymore because we have the full scriptures. But the full scriptures tell me to do that. It says here, they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on a sick, and they will recover. So then people will say, well, he said that to his apostles. He was not saying that to everybody. No, you're not just going to lay hands on sick people and they're going to be healed. Right. And so people always say that kind of thing. The problem is the James problem where it tells us that if anyone is sick among us, you call upon the elders of the church, not the apostles, the elders of the church. Right, and pray for them, anointing them with oil, and the prayer of faith will save the sick. So they're still in the book of James, laying hands on the sick. And these are not apostles. I'm saying this because the only way the church is going to answer the crises of our day is through Holy Ghost power. But listen, Holy Ghost power starts with the word holy. Holy, he that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me, and they will be loved by my Father, and he said, I will manifest myself. All right, really quickly, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Because we're talking about the manifestation, the, 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 the manifest presence of God, and the manifestation of the Spirit. It says here, let's see. Yeah. It says here, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware. Now this is the, he's talking to the same church we were talking about before, where they were saying, are you not carnal or fleshly? Do you not just operate it like mere men? Right? He says, but I don't want you to be unaware. Don't be ignorant here. Um, you know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to the mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit. Now, there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. Remember that word, the same Spirit. Okay? We're talking about the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. So here it is, the, the same Spirit. Okay? It says here, there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit. What? For the common good. 
If the manifestation of the Spirit was given for the common good, why would God then withdraw that from the church? That makes no sense. Like if it's for the common, like, like if he no longer heals, what about the sick people? Because sickness is still here. Why would God not heal if sickness is still here? So it says here, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit. Oh, by the way, going forward next week, I think uh, we're going to talk about these spiritual gifts. I think we need to be reeducated because I'm, I'm seeing I'm, I'm seeing a lot of things right now in the church, including First Love Fellowship, where I'm seeing the predominant operation of one, maybe two gifts. And there's nine mentioned here. So I'm seeing a lot of prophetic utterances and a lot of dreams and interpretation of dreams and visions and things like that. Those are prophetic utterances. That's only one gift. And also tongues, which we'll talk about. We're going to dive way into tongues. It's going to be wonderful. But it says here. And I'm not saying, listen, if you're getting visions and dreams and things like that, keep on visioning and dreaming and doing what you do. I'm just letting you know there's eight other gifts that we ought to be as a church operating in, or we're out of balance. We're out of balance. That's why the scripture tells us to covet earnestly the best gifts. Okay. But rather that you may prophesy, but covet the best gifts. So it says here, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit to another, the word of knowledge, according to the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one spirit. Remember the same spirit, same Holy Spirit. Okay. To another, the effecting of miracles and to another prophecy. You prophets go do your thing to another, the distinguishing or discernment of spirits to another, various kinds of tongues and to another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things distributing to each one individually just as he wills just as who wills as, as god wills and i think that's where people get it wrong about about people who believe in the moving of the holy spirit and the gifts of the spirit they think we believe that we can just like a magic hat like pull these gifts out of the hat and do whatever we want and that's why they say silly things like why don't you go to the hospital and and heal all the sick people and, you know, my, my, my answer to that is like, okay, well, maybe maybe instead of healing all the sick people, why don't you go to the hospital, right? Or why don't you go to the homeless shelter and feed all the poor people, right? But no, you're just going to be a keyboard warrior. So I have no respect for you. I have no respect for your opinion, you know. So, so like, people are going to criticize what you do. And I, I like I said on Friday, I am so through with people ridiculing um, Pentecostals and Charismatics and, and not just Pentecostal Charismatic, but different denominational people also who believe in the moving of the Holy Spirit. Like, let's, let's stop doing that. You know, let's stop making fun of people. I don't care if they're falling out and shaking. I don't care if they're jumping over pews and swinging off of chandeliers. Listen, if you're swinging off a chandelier and you weigh 280 pounds, you probably are gifted. So it says, though, for even as the body is one and yet has many members and all the members of the body, though there are many, are one body, so is Christ. So we are one body in Christ. God has placed us here for such a time as this, the body of Christ, so that we can be the pushback against what is happening in this lost world. Now, listen, there should be something about your spiritual life. Every Christian 
there should be something supernatural about the ministry that you move forward in. Like I said, this has to be, and, and listen, if you don't have it, I get it. That's fine. That's fine. What I'm asking though is, is that like, let's, let's ask for it. It says here, look, it says in first Corinthians chapter 14, pursue, this is verse one, pursue love let's 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 just sit there for a minute let let that let that just uh uh you know just sit in our hearts for a second pursue love <sighs> like like before you pursue gifts before you pursue the move of the holy ghost listen if you don't have any gifts that you're operating in if we just know how to operate in love Right. Like like you're you're doing much more than most. Like if, if if that's all you got, like you're like, oh, I'm not sure about all this, this, this uh, speaking in tongues and prophesying and laying hands on the sick and and casting out demons like, OK, so fine. What if we didn't have any gifts of the spirit operating in a church? But man, we know how to love. That would still cause us in this world to stand out. We would still be an effective pushback against this lost world. If we just, but what would happen is if we really knew how to love, what would happen is that we'd be these sanctified people, these holy people before God, and his Holy Spirit would start to move through us anyway. Pursue love. It says, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts but especially that you may prophesy now listen this is speaking of the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues this is the gift of of, of speaking in tongues it says here he that speaks in a tongue does not speak to men i'm sorry not interpretation of tongues this is the gift of tongues it says the one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to to men but to god for no man understands him Howbeit in the spirit he speaks mysteries. But listen, but the one who prophesies speaks to men for edification and exhortation and consolation. So the, the, you, you understand on a day of Pentecost that they were actually speaking languages. They were. Let's make no mistake, they got filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak actual languages. This is why I do not teach that unless you have the gibberish, you don't have the Holy Ghost. Because on the day of Pentecost, they did not have the gibberish. But they had the Holy Ghost. Now, in this verse, it's something different. This is a different type of gifting of tongues because it says here he who speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to men on the day of pentecost the people marveled because they were speaking to men but in this case it says you're speaking in tongue you're not speaking to men but to god it is okay to speak your gibberish tongues unto god it says no one understands you on a day of Pentecost, what? They did understand them. See, this is a different thing here. But in his spirit, he speaks mysteries. When you're speaking in tongues, you're speaking the mysteries of God in the spirit. We're going to get into this a bit more next week. Not this week. I don't really, in the interest of time, I don't think we have time to do it. But, but be ready uh, because I, I want to dive all into it. But what I want, the point I want to make today, though, 
is the idea that if the church is going to be a pushback to anything, we must be holy. Like that, there's no, there's no getting around it. We have to be holy before the Lord. We have to be interested in being holy. We can't be asking how much of the world we can get and, and still like, you know, be okay with God. No, we must be holy before him. Okay. We also must be obedient to him. We must do what he says. You know, he that has my commandments and keeps them. But let's remember what the commandment is. The commandment is to love. See, in this world of crisis, there has to be a refuge that people can go to that's unlike any other place in the world. Like when they come to your church, when they come to your family group, um, they have to be able to enter in and say, okay, there is no other place in the world like this place. There are no other people in the world like these people. What is our place in a day of crisis? What's the place of the church? Oh, we are indeed th those people of refuge. We are those redemptive people. We are those healing people. There are going to be in the coming years a lot of tears cried. A lot of pain, a lot of suffering, a lot of broken people looking for answers. And listen, we have lost our credibility and our reputation. And we have to pray and ask God to restore that as a church. Because people ought to be running to the church looking for answers. But because we have a whole 300-page list of sex offenders in a church, because we have unholy ministers and, and footage of megachurch pastors online twerking, having affairs, getting involved in homosexuality, we lose credibility. Because if anyone in the world should have peace in their heart and in their mind. It should be these people who have embraced Jesus. We lost our reputation, though. There are some that have crept in among us that we have to summarily reject. Get those people away from us. Turn away from such, it says in the scripture, turn away. Let's be holy even amongst church people let's be stand out and peculiar even amongst church people stop running out to go see movies you know they got all these movies out and i don't care i don't care if it's you know if there's if the movie is a, a train wreck don't watch it like let's let's come from among that mess but, you know, we, we have the saints now. We want to run to them. We want to run everybody's movie. We want to run everybody's, you know, new music or, or even some of these churches that you go to that are like nightclubs, right? No, let us be separate. We have to be the, the, those people that when, when the world is looking for answers, they can look at the church and say, okay, finally I found a group of people that's not racist, finally. You can be a, you can be a flaming homosexual out in the world you ought to be able to look at the church and say, you know what? I got to get my life together. I have to get among these Christian people. I got to get among the church people. They're the only people that love me. They're the only people that accept me. They're the only people that are going to embrace me in my weaknesses. 
see, that's that's what we have to be. You know, people that are victims of satanic ritual abuse, they're all over the place. They're all over the place. You work with some of them. They need to be able to look at you and say, there's something different about you. There's something redemptive about you. The church's place in the midst of all these crises in the world is indeed to be that place of refuge that operates in the power of the Holy Spirit, rooted and grounded in the love of God. First Love Fellowship, this is a golden opportunity for you to be exactly that. But listen, you know, according to the scripture here, right, when, when Paul is speaking, like if we're going to, you know, have jealousy and strife among us, 1 Corinthians 3.3, 3, right, um, that's just carnality. That's just us walking like mere people. You know, if we're going to if we're going to be um, in any way above the fray of the world. Then we have to be more we, we have to be th- that that sacrificial agape love has to flow through us. That is divinely sourced. If you can walk in that kind of love. First love fellowship. Let's do that. Let's be that. Because in this lost and dying world, I'm telling you, people are going to have nowhere else to go. And they're going to have to run to the church. That's us. So let's prepare our hearts to do just that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That's all I've got for today. Um, I, I want to pray for us. I want to pray for us. I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that First Love Fellowship experience the manifest presence of God. That even in our time of prayer, our time of gathering, our time of worship, that we hunger and thirst after you, that we covet earnestly the best gifts. That, Lord, that you would pour out your spirit in such a way that we are no longer the same, that that there be something in us that rises up something like like a a walk that we've never walked before uh, a spiritual reality that we've never walked in the ability to walk in that godly quality of self-sacrificing love and the power of the holy spirit that heals bodies and minds where the presence of god is so strong with your people that demons come out of those who are bound with unclean spirits, shrieking and screaming and leaving. The people are being freed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Lord, make us Christians for real. Make us Christians for real. Help us, Lord God, to keep out of sin. You know, the Bible says our sin will find us out. I pray in the name of Jesus, keep us out of sin. Let us not be in that state of Ichabod where the glory is departed because we love the world. Oh, God, I pray. First love fellowship. I ask, Lord, that you revive us, ignite us, make us on fire for you. For your name's sake and for your glory, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can support the ministry of First Love Fellowship 
by going to uh, wearefirstlove.com and there you can just follow the instructions and you can support what God is doing through the ministry. I believe that it has been posted up there where you can where you can give today. That does. Um, yes, indeed, it does help us to do what we do. But let me tell you what your giving actually does. Your giving is not so that you can support the church. God knows how to support his church. That's not what this is. Your giving is for you. Your giving is the scripture says, he that sows sparingly shall reap sparingly. He that sows bountifully shall reap bountifully. God is wanting to bless you. He's wanting to bless your life and your family, even the endeavors that he's put in your heart. It's time for us to take the idea of giving seriously and associate your giving to the mission and calling that God has put on your life. Because he wants to lead you and direct you just where he wants you to be. Don't withhold. Giving is just as important as the song you sing in worship. I'm going to say it again. Your giving is just as important as the song you sing in worship. Your giving is just as important as your prayer life. Yes, if you are a prayer warrior, war on in prayer. But God is also calling you to give. Like Cornelius, God told Cornelius, your prayers and your alms are set up as a memorial before God. It's time for us to take our giving to a level where the, the, the idea of God, the vision of God will go forward in this earth realm because his Holy Spirit is leading people to sow and give. There's a location that we want for our schoolhouse that, that we're seeking at this moment right now. And we need people to give. Our prayer chapel, we want that prayer chapel to be up and running. And, and you know, I, I, I would like for it to be our own home. Like, I'm telling you, we, we've been sharing space for a long time now, and I just don't feel in my spirit like we need to be continuing to do that. We need a place called First Love Prayer Chapel or something that we can actually use for First Love Fellowship. And, and we, we, we would love it if you would lock yourself into the vision of God by giving and sowing, because when you do that, God is going to make all grace abound towards you and he's going to bless your life and your family and your household. So be sure that you give. The link is indeed right there in the comments. Um, but if you don't have comments that you have access to, I know some of you will be watching this on a podcast. It is www.wearefirstlove.com. And on the website, you'll be able to go directly to the um, the giving link, which is right. It, it's You can't miss it. It's, it's right there on the website. So wearefirstlove.com. Um, you go to, where is it here? Oh, you go, to, so you hit the more button. The more we need to change the website to make that giving link a lot more prominent. But it's the, the more button and then you go to giving. And once you hit giving, you can just follow the instructions from there. And all is all is well. So we are first law. We are first love dot com slash giving. You can go there 
and 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 give. So thank you so much. I, I'm really blessed that we are a church that is thriving and moving forward in the, the, the work that God's called us to and that he has graced us with the ability to win the church to Christ through unceasing prayer, in, uh, intentional discipleship, and missional living. So be blessed and thank you once again for tuning in to First Love Online Church. Be blessed. And we're looking for the blessed hope and the Thank you so much for listening. Your generous support enables us to continue to fulfill our mission to win the church to Christ through unceasing prayer, intentional discipleship, and missional living. You can offer additional financial support by going to our website at wearefirstlove.com. Until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of Jesus, the Son of God, our Savior. Always remember your first love. He